Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, debunking the many myths about drones. And so what I learned was that when you work at the FAA, your hands are tied. You really can't do a whole lot. You can't do as much as you want to and as much as the industry needs you to do. So by starting a company, it allowed me to kind of be the voice and get out there and talk to people. It's been observed that drones and autonomy is a significant trend in technology. What may not be as well understood is why and how it's a large opportunity in the greater Washington region. To talk about this with us is Chrissy Ng. She's co-founder of UA Solutions Group and a passionate supporter of growing the drone industry here in the Washington, D.C. region. Chrissy, thanks for taking some time with us. So. Is this a great region or is this a growing region for entrepreneurship around drones? It is. First, thank you for having me on the show. But yeah, the the Washington area and what we want to talk about is not just inside the Beltway of the Washington area, but as uh, a lot of people don't understand necessarily outside of our listenership, is that the Beltway in Washington, D.C. goes all the way up from Baltimore down to Richmond, out to Frederick, Maryland area, kind of West Virginia, and kind of to the east side out to Pax River. And so what we want to make people understand is that the regulations sort of happen within the beltway, but the technology and the innovation happens, a lot of that happens outside of that beltway. And that's what's really important with unmanned aircraft. We see a lot of startups happening outside of, you know, the, the 495 loop. And this is an industry that very much is affected and, and driven by regulation. What's your sense of of the regulators and the entrepreneur community here? Are they doing a good job of talking with each other? Are the entrepreneurs driving the conversation in any way as the regulators think about how to address drones? Well, we're fortunate that we do have our um, our politicians right here so that we can just, you know, at any time they have open door policies, we can schedule meetings to go up there and talk to them about our concerns. We can talk to our representatives. We can talk to our senators about our concerns as they drive uh, as they drive the regulations, particularly things like the Safety and Securities Act, uh, the FAA Modernization and Reform Act, they're they're talking to each other um, as well online. And we're really fortunate that we have amazing social media content and social media platforms that allow all of us from inside the Beltway and outside the Beltway to talk with people who are maybe not as fortunate in places such, you know, rural Wyoming, Kansas, you know, South Dakota. I mean, we can name every other state out there that don't necessarily have the same kind of access that we do. But when it comes to regulations and policy, there is kind of this disconnect sometimes between people that I call them garage bands, the people that are literally in their garages and in their basements tinkering with this technology. We have the makers fairs and we see these people tinkering with this technology and they are not talking to the regulators probably as much as they should. People that are actually talking to the regulators, it seems like it's more of the, the policy people, the lawyers involved with the companies are the ones that are up there talking to our politicians. And it needs to be the tinkers. It really does. It also seems to me that autonomy and drones is an industry where it's really tightly intertwined with the military. And I was this struck me a few weeks ago at the Super Bowl, you know, watching a laser light show over Lady Gaga in the sky with all the drones. I mean, that, that swarming technology that I'm sure was promoted in, in some ways by work that DARPA and others have done. And so do you see the Washington, D.C. region as having a particularly strong possibility of being a hotbed for drones because of this overlap? Or could it in some ways hold it back? 
Well, with incubators, uh, we do talk about DARPA because there's so much money there. But uh, I don't. I wouldn't say that it holds it back, and I wouldn't say that it propels it forward either way because the military has noticed the importance, unfortunately, as well as of Silicon Valley. And so you can see that the military has moved some organizations out there to try to tap into that market. But what's really nice about that is that technology will come come home. It'll come back here to the Pentagon. It'll come back here to uh, inside of the Beltway for us to use that technology here in the United States. And it looks like the military is trying to finally reach out to Silicon Valley and to reach out to these other places in the United States that are known to drive technology, and they're trying to bring that home. Now, you've served, I think you're still in uh, in the reserves. You're a Blackhawk pilot. You've clearly been in situations that are challenged under fire. And what drives you? How do your experience shape you and, and, and make you effective now that you're out trying to change this industry? Well, I think what was important was as a helicopter pilot, you're in that 400 feet and below, 500 feet and below airspace, which is really what is where the majority of this unmanned aircraft technology is going to reside. So we are really familiar with that airspace. We're also um, probably one of the most affected by it in case there is some sort of catastrophic event when it comes to an unmanned aircraft um, possibly running into a, a helicopter. It, I'm not saying it's going to be any less of an event if it runs into a commercial aircraft as well, but we're the ones that are really in that airspace and are really integrating with unmanned aircraft. We know that we've been fortunate there haven't been any accidents so far, but what really drives me in this technology and what drove me to become an entrepreneur is to basically, you know, we always say to bridge that gap between industry and before I started my company, I worked at the FAA in the unmanned aircraft office. And what I realized was there wasn't anybody from that office that was out in industry promoting unmanned aircraft. There was a lot of this mis, uh, misinformation out on the street. I found myself at night on social media trying to correct a lot of, you know, you know, saying, hey, this is really the people that you need to talk to at the FAA, and this is really what's going on. And so what I learned was that when you work at the FAA, your hands are tied. You really can't do a whole lot. You can't do as much as you want to and as much as the industry needs you to do. So by starting a company, it allowed me to kind of be the voice and get out there and talk to people and volunteer my time at makers fairs <laughs> to get out there and really make sure that people understood what was happening with the regulations and to know who to talk to at the FAA versus just randomly dialing some numbers. So if you were going to uh, make a prediction, how soon do you think it will be before we have drones delivering packages and pizzas and so forth to us uh, on a regular basis? Oh, that, I mean, you know, that's the magic eight ball question, right? So we kind of keep kicking the can down the road. We see other countries that are already authorizing this and we see see it sort of happening in the United States in a very, in very controlled environments. But as far as um, just walking out on, you know, walking into out to your, on your front porch and having Amazon deliver, you know, your, I don't know, your two pound, whatever object it is that you bought from Amazon, uh, that's that's still a ways away because we have to work with uh, NASA is working really hard with what's known as the unmanned aircraft traffic management system. And we have to figure out how are we going to integrate thousands of drones into this airspace in that 400 foot and below airspace? How are we going to do that and how are we going to do it safe and safe and efficiently? I would I wish I had a date. I don't think anybody has a date. Well, I guess we'll find out together. And it sounds to me like those questions are going to be answered here in Greater Washington. Now, the great example of how getting it done in D.C. interacts government and entrepreneurship. Chrissy Ng, thanks for taking the time to get us up to speed on the submerging industry of drones. Thank you, Jonathan.
Thanks for listening to What's Working in Washington. Our executive producers, Tracy Madigan, and our online contributors are Michael Hoffman and Barbara Ulrich. I am Jonathan Aberman. We tell you what's working in Washington, but we're also asking the question, what's working in Washington for you? So please let us know. We're on Twitter at What's Working DC. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, goodbye.